Welcome to the Auburn Daily Show. And just, I mean, just as we hit record, like just before the mic started to pick up the audio, Pat Barnes screams, we just got Cam Coleman. What a way to start the month. What a way to start the episode. And literally, the title of this episode is going to be, is this month, December of 2023, could this be the biggest off-season month of Auburn football ever? I'm leaning to say yes. That's what Pat and I are going to talk about. And what a way to start the episode than with news like that. Pat, let's jump right into it. Cam Coleman in the house. We just got our big dog. Uh, and we're. I think we just talked about we're going to spend our episode today kind of discussing the uh, – the the month of Hugh Freeze's tenure to this point where he was really going to have to make or break it and he just hit a home run on day one of his uh of his month of, of great trial so we're starting off hot this is a uh yeah I mean this is huge news there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter and wondering could Auburn get it there was even as recently as yesterday there was a lot of talk of saying well Cam Coleman is very likely going to make his decision on signing day whatever has happened in the last few days it sounds like that staff went ahead and did not give him any reason to even think about it which is huge maybe part of that has to do with the departure of Damian Craig who knows what all from Texas A&M who knows what all went into this I'm sure details will come like I said we're reporting this basically live as it's happening. Who cares what the details are? This is a massive, massive get for Auburn, a massive get for a receiver room that is desperate for talent short and long-term. I mean, I think uh, Cam and Perry are pro- probably your starting outside wide receivers as of, as it sits today, as long as they signed the dotted line on the 20th. Uh, but I think those two are going to be your starting outside guys unless we bring in a big transfer. Uh, but th- these are huge receivers coming to Auburn and some and desperately needed playmakers. You know, Cam's kind of your traditional outside Z flanker. He's your deep threat. Um, he's 6'3", 190, I think, and he's got every bit of track speed to him. Your pair is your traditional X receiver, your, your uh, split end, who's, who's more of the intermediate route guy, big body, huge catch radius, get those back shoulders going. So these are the two guys, the, the quintessential – prototype outside receivers you need they're only going to be freshmen next year um but receivers at one of the easier positions to pick up so i think we can have some hope that these guys are going to come in hot and uh, take the take the starting jobs by the horns well before we get too far into this this has got me ready to run through a wall and i can't <laughs> literally run through a wall right now but i'd say the next best thing that i could do would be like i don't know go in a rage room probably would you say that's a fair a fair substitute maybe a little uh, safer substitute yeah it, it'll be an exuberant rage room experience yeah like screaming of like happiness and like hype and just get that testosterone that cam coleman just got just it's, it's flowing through everybody right now i think we're all feeling it and just what this team is building to be and we're only in the first day of december yeah that's where i, I think i think i gotta sign up for session day and it's great because they do sponsor the show so maybe they'll uh give me some love and let me come in a discount would encourage everybody who's listening to the show to do just that, call them and say that you heard about you could get a discount. 
to come to the Birmingham Rage Room location or the location in Opelika if you're in the Auburn Opelika area. Both are uh, both are sister stores, and they'll hook you up. They wanted us to tell you that it is a big recruiting month for Auburn, and what a way to celebrate it! Now I- I'm celebrating a Rage Room. I don't know about you. Jubilant breaking. Also, great time for end of the year parties if you want to do something with your coworkers or you are some type of manager and you're looking for a different way to uh, spice up the end of the year party. Like I said, if you're in the Birmingham or the Opelika area, great time. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show. And like I said, if you're listening, make sure to call them. They said they will give you a discount if you mention that you heard about them on the Auburn Daily Show. Whew. All right. I'm still pumped. I'm trying to catch my breath on that. That that was so unexpected that that came up. Much needed. But like I said, much needed. Yeah, no. Yeah, the the hype of this episode is is is, is we could just cut it with a knife. I don't think anybody is recording. And that's always the best when you do hear a show like a podcast or YouTube show, whatever it may be, and something big like this happens on air and they all freak out. Kind of we finally got that moment um for, for us here. And I would be hard pressed saying that this isn't some of the biggest news that I mean, let's not let's not forget here. You not only are getting a massive talent in Cam Coleman, you're flipping a talent from another SEC school. Yeah. So it's a double dipper. And this, I think somebody said, I, I believe it was on, um, I believe it was the modcast that uh, Auburn Live does. I believe he's a Jeffrey Lee or Cole Pinkston was mentioning that if they were to get the flip of Cam Coleman, this could potentially jump Auburn's class to maybe number twelve. I think they're sitting at sixteen or seventeen right now. Yeah, we're so, a striking distance of top 10 now. If we can get one yeah. or two. There's another big flip potential flip out there. I won't say his name. Um, so I don't really think we should be in the business of doing that. Uh, no, but there is another big potential flip out there that I think would get us to top 10 if we can pull that one off. But yeah, with, with the addition of Cam Coleman, I will try to look and see if that is even updated right now. Let me uh, do that as we kind of ad lib. <clears throat> that could potentially put Auburn's spot up. Yeah, I mean, that that one, obviously, five-star could jump it up multiple spots. And the crazier part about that is, I've said this before, I just want to kind of remind everybody, Cam Coleman visited Big Cat last summer, Big Cat Weekend last summer, you yep. know, Harson's uh, big, big cat, you know, in quote, big, big cat, as an unranked big, big, Big-ish cat. <laughs> medium, medium cat weekend and he was an unranked prospect which is absolutely crazy uh you know i'm sure the joke will be he'll be a you know he'll be a four star after he commits to auburn but you know i think the thing with uh central phoenix city is they have so many good wide receivers that come through there that they these kids don't get till their junior year to kind of show their stuff because they're and, and playing that's a, behind some studs, too. And, and that's a good thing, because what ends up happening, and it always kind of a head-scratcher, is you see these kids who are lighting it up, but they're playing at Pinecone High School against, you know, Acorn yeah. Academy, and they're starting – they've been on varsity since they're in seventh grade, and it's kind of like, are you just – are you really that good, or just you're just big and athletic, and everybody else you're playing against is just awful? But this you know is not the case. against the best of the best here at uh, Central Phoenix City, so right. you don't have to worry about that. So according to on three, that had put Auburn's class up to number 11. Good. Knocking so, on the door. Uh, knocking on the door, top 10. And here is the and here's the thing about that is it, it's not like you need a five star at this point to break top 10. I mean, you can get one or two three stars 
and you're in there just due to the volume aspect. I mean, your average. You're probably going to need a, a decent ranked four star to do it, I think. Because right now they're sitting at. They're sitting at 18 commits right now, yeah. which is still yeah. relatively compared to everybody. Sorry, 19 relative to everybody else. They're around. They are in the mid to high 20s. So, but like I said, what's more important is what's that average star ranking? Um, does it say that? It probably doesn't say that yet, but I'm with a five star, you're shooting through the roof there. So, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to think. I'm just, I'm just shooting from the hip on this one. I would be hard pressed to think that this isn't going to put Auburn somewhere in the, somewhere in the top six of average star ranking. Yeah. Uh, if, right I had to, if, I, if I had to just take a guess, we'll, we'll kind of get on that one. All the, Numbers get updated. So I think your blue chip ratio is 63% is according to on three on this one as well. And uh, yeah, and they're in, in the words of Trevon Reed, they're, I'm, I'm going to add the caveat, probably not done yet. So what big news we got, and let's just talk about this for the big picture here. The biggest off season month of Auburn football history ever. So why am I saying this? Okay. First of all, you have the transfer portal. You have early signing day, which basically should just be called signing day. Then there's late signing day. You not only with the portal, you got guys coming and getting out of your class. You've got the extra prep for bowl practice. You have got guys on your own roster. You have to recruit. You've got guys on your own roster that might go pro. You have going to have your assistant coaches that could potentially be coming and going. There's going to be a ton, ton, and ton of moving parts that are all going to be happening this month on top of bowl game prep, maybe bowl game, depending upon when all those states come around. Well, if it's early January, we'll still lump the bowl game in that. We'll, we'll round down. And that's not just how it used to be. I mean, as we remember, we talked about this before, December used to be kind of a boring month in football. It was like, oh, let's hear about some practices and some bowls that are kind of meh. Yeah, you not were focused like on your bowl practice, and, and you were gearing up for a big January and recruiting, trying to that final push and signing day. You can it was kind of that month you got to catch your breath for a couple weeks a little bit to gear up for the the entire month of January you were going to spend recruiting. Right, and it is speed speed dating right now. And the other thing with Auburn, too, with the and just why the extra caveat, of it's important for everybody, but why I'm, I'm just zooming in a little bit more for Auburn here is Auburn has got a – Auburn has got to do everything they can to springboard for a big year two and then three, four, and so on. And this is the foundation of where you can really do that. This is where you are going to finally be just purging some of the dead weight from the Harson and Gus classes. Yep. Padding on, finally padding on, hey, these are my guys, my recruits from a Hugh Freeze perspective. And actually get that roster how you want it. Now, is it going to be 100% there? Absolutely not. But this is going to be the real foundation to – solidifying what the roster is and will be moving forward and not only putting talent there, but talent depth. So you're not looking at it and be like, all right, you know, our starting 22 are really good, but the second one or two of them coming down, it's real thin behind them. And that has kind of been the thorn in Auburn's side for a long time. If they can actually get depth at multiple positions where it's like, okay, we got a next man up that, that will be a breath of fresh air, something that has not been there. We kind of remember, I want to go back to 2015 a little bit here, especially on the defensive side where Auburn felt pretty good about who they had starting defensively. And then that yep. first game 
Carl Lawson and Trey Matthews get hurt against Louisville. And then you just that first half, that first half of that game was so hyped, though. It was, yeah. But then you Their felt first just play, first play of the game was Carl Lawson comes screaming off the edge. He hit their quarterback mid throw, and Trey Matthews pick sixed it. I think. Am I wrong? Or did he, he at least got a pick? I remember. I'll maybe pick six. Yeah, and let's let's remember that was uh that was Lamar. That wasn't just any quarterback. Yeah. No, I don't Lamar, think Lamar threw that ball because they they brought Lamar in when we were we had the uh, starting quarterback on his butt the entire game. Okay, so that wasn't Lamar. Okay, but he did play that yeah. game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but right. But just even those two guys going down, there was not a next man up ready to go, and they felt it. And that is yep. going to be something that – I just remember that so distinctively because that Louisville game, it started how we're in like, huh. And obviously 2015 was, you know, not not <laughs> one we look back on. Yeah, that's not one we look back on. But, yeah, 2015, let's go. That one took the wind out of myself. I don't know if I've ever been more excited rolling into a season than I was that year. Yeah, uh, Jer- Jeremy Johnson hype was real. I mean, just everything was – it was a lot of uh, it was a rough, yeah. uh, it was a rough, rough come down to reality. But we're hopefully having the inverse of that right now, assuming everything goes well. So we kind of played out with everything that's going to have to happen. And right now, I believe Auburn has thirteen players who are one hundred percent aging out. There's no COVID years. There's no red shirts. Short of some type of crazy waiver situation that could happen which i've heard is it uh nasilakite who's potentially trying to get one of those because he was hurt yes there's they expect him to not be able to get one but apparently there's an outside shot that he could get a medical waiver which would be huge because those would be him and a uh, folk would once again be your starting two defensive ends i think so that, and they're both good players so let's lead the wrist let's read the list from auburndaily.com zach blackerby put this out here yeah. are the players that cannot return due to eligibility, and this is the 13. Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones, Jilla Irvin, Cam Stutz, Jerry Shorter, Shane Hooks, Nick Mardner, Lawrence Johnson, Nasili Kite, who we just mentioned, so we'll put an asterisk and that does happen, but if it doesn't, you know, that's what it is. Elijah McAllister, Larry Nixon, Nehemiah Pritchett, DJ James. So those guys yeah. are out due to age, and then Sledge, Steven Johnson, and Amari Kelly have stated their intent to enter the transfer portal, and obviously there's going to be more to come. But that is where the roster sits right now as we are recording. So 13 that you have to replace, three that have made intentions as of Monday that they will officially be entered in the portal. As we said, there will probably be more. So right now, you're looking at 16. Now, there are a handful of other guys who are rumored to potentially have the shot to go pro. You could have some super COVID redshirt seniors, whatever we call those now. Uh, who may decide they don't want to come back. Luke Deal did make his intentions that he is going to be coming back for, uh, I believe, what would be his sixth year. Yep, he did. And I, I made a tweet the other day, which is crazy, because if you factor in head coaches and offensive coordinators in, in interims, Luke Deal has had a plethora. I mean, you have Gus, you have interim Kevin Steele, you have Brian Harson, interim Cadillac, and now Hugh. And then you have Kenny Dillingham, Chad Morris, uh, uh, Mike Bobo, Eric Keesaw, interim, uh, Will Fred, Ike, Ike Hilliard. You have you Austin him. Davis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You have Austin Davis for a month. And then you have, um, Phil Montgomery. And if Mill Montgomery and Auburn end up parting ways, if that does end he, up happening, yeah, then he would have a whole nother one. 
Yeah. So that that could be just an absolute crazy ride right there for Luke Deal. And that was something I would just absolutely love to talk to him and ask him about in hindsight. Like what, what you need like- to do is get him on this podcast and ask him to power rank his offensive coordinators whenever he leaves all <laughs> Yeah, when he's done. Power yeah. rank. But I just think I feel like it'd be, it'd be like Dillingham would be way up there and everybody else would be like, all right, these are negative grades. I just feel like it would be so interesting to hear the perspective. And obviously Luke Deal is locker room guy, great attitude, great leader. But just kind of hear from that perspective, like, what was it really like playing for that many different coaches and schemes and just every offseason being like a divorce and remarriage? Yeah. So that, that would be a really interesting, interesting thing to ask once his college career was over. And, I mean, you know, maybe he's holding his breath open. He can just go through a December without having to learn a new playbook, you know? <laughs> like, maybe that would just be fun for him to actually experience, not having to hit the reset button on an offense he just finally started to feel comfortable with. But Hey, Montgomery's yes. here five days longer than I thought he would be. So, uh, he may he may get to play for the same guy next year. We'll see. Yeah, and there were, they were rumors going around. And, I mean, you know, I think a lot of those were – I mean, there were some performance reasons why you think that, and then there's a lot of, um, you know, some emotion behind it when you, oh, man, you, know, you get that fire everybody mentality. But, you know, in the same deal with Peyton Thorne, I think a lot of people are just assuming Peyton Thorne was out of here. It seems the chatter is leaning toward he may end up staying. And once again, going back to why this month is so important, these decisions that Auburn, Hugh, and staff are going to make will have consequences that have major short and long-term uh, consequences. Consequences have, I guess, well, I'm just a consequences decision. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, impact. Consequences have long-term yeah. impact. Thank you. Uh, impact. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting, I was kind of getting lost in my thesaurus there. That will dictate kind of the direction this team's going to go. And a lot of that, I think we look back in years and months to come, we could easily circle what's happening right now for this this year and this month specifically. You're so right. it's big. I think do you agree that this month's gonna be big? It's a huge month. Uh it's it's huge for Freeze's tenure. I, I don't know if it's any bigger than last December, I, I, but I, you can't overstate the importance of this month. I think you're right on that. There's a lot of talent acquisition that has to occur. Huge piece just happened about 15 minutes ago, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but you're gonna, they're gonna have to hopefully not get as many portal players this year. But I still think you're probably bringing in a, a 15 person portal class, probably what you're looking at at this point. And hopefully, well, got, some of those you, you want more power five guys this year and guys that are gonna contribute big, big minutes. So, so, so let's talk about this here. Okay. We're gonna kind of hit the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And, and obviously, this will all be kind of coming to a head right now. And we will be, talking about this extensively over the next few weeks, but kind of give me your opinions on recruiting the roster you have versus rolling the dice of guys in the portal and the dates. And I mean, Hugh Freeze has said this, the dates make this stuff very tough because the overlap of that is like, well, do we go out and grab that high school kid? Do we go out and grab that portal kid? Cause we don't know if this kid on our roster is leaving or not. Like that's tough as a coach. So it has been, uh, it's, it's been, Word is going around that they are meeting with the players on this team, the coaches, and I'm sure a lot of that is going to be kind of 
what is the future of this team, the vision, what we're doing, and what that particular player's role in that will be. And then from there, I'm sure decisions will be made one or another. I would, I wasn't told any dates, but I would be, if I was a gambling man, I would probably be guessing that's what's been going on currently. Days in the past and days moving forward is them just working their own roster and talking to these kids because that's the new thing. And you said that you got to recruit your own roster. These guys are quasi free agents all over again. Right. So give me your perspective on that. Portal yeah. guys, recruit the guys you got. What do you what are you thinking is going to be the what do you, what do you think will happen versus what do you think should happen? Like what would be the best short and long term here? I think what will happen is there's probably going to be young guys that leave that we don't want to leave just because that's the nature of the beast these days. Uh, hopefully not that many of them. I do think this staff has already exhibited that they are excellent recruiters. And that's, exa- I mean, that's essentially what you're doing with the kids already on the team when it rolls around at this time of year is you're recruiting them to stay on the team, which I think, take one player in, in particular, Javarius Johnson, I think has almost left two years in a row now. And that's before this year. He Javarius is good enough to be a 750, 800-yard slot receiver in, in a successful college offense. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be on freeze to convince him to come back for another year to be that receiver in this offense. Because I don't know about you, but I would love to keep Javarius and Jay. Let's just take the receiver room as our example here. I would love to keep Javarius and Jay Fair and Caleb Burton. I think they've shown flashes of being good college receivers. Yes, Amari Kelly is obviously in, made his intent that he is going to be leaving, and then the other guys are, and that's where I was most going. All of them are aging I, out, so then you're left with Coy Moore and Camden Brown as your last two guys here, kind of on the. Well, I think Cassidy Woods got a scholar. Didn't Cassidy Woods get a scholarship this year? Yeah, but I, I think he was a senior, so he's gone. Um, okay. but my point is, I, I think you're bringing back. As far as the guys that played a lot this year, you're, you're going to be bringing back with who has who has years left. Malcolm Johnson Jr., Coy Moore. Yeah, I forgot Malcolm Johnson Jr. Um, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Coy Moore. Camden Brown. I'll be honest, Memes, I'm telling all those guys I think their be- best shot of plans at a different campus. Uh, I'd, I'd be telling them all they need to go find other spots at, at other universities because you're flipping – if if I'm if I'm freeze I'm I'm flipping the receiver room because I don't think that that was the largest limiting factor for the offense this year was our outside wide receivers. They just well, couldn't get I mean, any separation. When they did, they would drop the ball when it hit them in their hands. Well, well, let's look at and let's look at a few things here. I mean, right now with this class with Cam Coleman, you have Cam Coleman, you have Perry Thompson, you have got uh, Bryce Simmons. Kane, Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons. Let's, Four wide receivers are right there, and there may be another one, maybe another one yeah. that joins. So and they're not done, and that's possibly, a, yeah, five high school guys coming in. Yeah, and that's not to say that there's not portal guys that they right. are looking at and targeting, targeting as well. So I think we can safely say that there's probably going to be Christian in that room for sure. Who knows? And obviously, you just got to trust the coaches that. Whoever leaves is that was the decision that was best for all parties involved. Yeah, and there's going to be guys that that stinks and you know, and who knows? Obviously, he's there's been rumors and hats that Johnson has kind of flirted with that. And maybe this will be the year. Maybe he really does just. Ah, it's time for me to get a fresh start somewhere else. Maybe it's a deal of you know. There's 
obviously we said it. We'd love it would be awesome if he came back, but it's one of those things where if he leaves, you couldn't blame him. So yeah, I mean, really, what? Yeah, and I mean, I wish him nothing but the best, and hope everybody else has that same attitude with him and anybody else who's leaving. But if you're looking at this room, and obviously Var's year was hindered a little bit with injury, so it took him a, took him a little bit while to get rolling. But once he did, woo, buddy. But if you're just looking at the receiver production, I mean, you're looking at Rivaldo with 33 catches, Jay Fair with 30, and then Var with 19. Now, had he been healthy all season, I bet his numbers would have probably been close to that 30 mark as well. Yeah. And then I'm not counting Jarquez Hunter's next, and then Caleb Burton with 11. And, then and just, he barely had over 100 yards, right? 148. Yeah, okay, so he was about halfway. And then yeah, everybody he, he, else. He kind of stepped up into the year. I was impressed with what I saw out of him. Yeah, he seemed like he was running good routes. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of people were saying he didn't look super fast out there, but, you know, he only played eight yeah, games. So that's, that's that's you know, four less than a lot of the other guys. Uh, Var missed two full games, and even some of those games he did play, he was um, didn't get on the field as much when he was kind of – Battle of the injury. So, like I said, if he'd, if he'd kind of gotten his numbers up there, probably would have been uh, higher. But so I guess the point of me saying all this is, and I'm not trying to hate on guys. We just got to kind of call numbers what they are. If you're single-digit receptions for the entirety of the year, short of you are battling an injury, especially if you're an upperclassman, those numbers are replaceable. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but yep, you are. Th- that's the nature – that's the nature. That's the nature of uh, what what football is turning into these days, and that's college what it football is, is so. a business right now. Yep. So these are the guys coming in, and I think that is the ultimate position that you got to circle for this month. Um, we we kind of mentioned we kind of teased with coaching as well. Obviously, there hasn't been any official words of departures yet on coaching, so that is just something that could happen and probably will. I think every year you're going to at least have some somebody leave, whether it be an assistant or whatever. So that'll be something that we'll just kind of keep an eye on. Obviously, the good news is Hugh Freeze is not having to deal with hiring an entire staff. So at least they can right. – because last year they were just kind of getting that stuff going. So at least it's like, okay, we got our basics down. Now we can do the big stuff. Right. So and that's what I'm thinking. They can really show, all right, you didn't have enough ingredients to flash last year. You just kind of had to do what you did to get it built. Now you've got the – you got the rocket built. This is the year you can actually add fuel to it. And then in 2024, you can hit that switch to see if that thing's going to take off. And if it takes off, woo, buddy, we're coming for everybody. Well, but, I, think, I think what you're looking for in 2020, you're trying, you're just trying to build a more competitive team still. Because yeah. the truth of the matter is, next year, it's still not going to be a complete roster. There's too many holes to fill from the two Harrison classes and the last couple Gus classes. It can't be done in two years. Um, but what you can do is continue to build the roster, and we can build a more competitive team next year. So, I mean, obviously, there's going to be so much more time to talk about this and so many more things to break down, so many more things like who's adding who. But to me, you would just want to see – I'm looking for improvement over this year. Um, so well, – if we can get something like an eight-win seat regular season next year, I think that's that's a good step in the right direction. Yes, yeah, so I think they said December thirteenth, if I remember right, is the day that they are announcing the dates of the new SEC schedule. So yeah, so we'll definitely that. we'll definitely talk about what the expectations could be for twenty twenty four. Then once we know what games are going to be where, what dates will be, who's next back to back, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think. 
don't the, the, the fan perspective should not be we're going into 2024 to compete for the West. If it happens, awesome. Yeah. Yes, we take that. Yeah. But but that, if, if it doesn't happen, you don't go like, oh, man, we left something on the table there. Or if this you, coaching staff is a failure and they're not dealing with it. They're not doing they're not meeting the expectations that you have for them. But I 20, think Auburn has their own expectations as they build this program up to be a consistent winning program. 2025 class is already raw. I think they're sitting in the top five right now. Yeah, they're, they just keep adding players to it. So you keep that momentum going. You keep those guys in. They even got a 2026 lineman. So you keep yep. that stuff going and, like I said, look competitive and start winning the headlines of a team that's trending up. And that's a big thing for this. Is it, And that can be a very broad deal. We're going to keep it broad because it's so early right now. But trend up. That is going to, you know, we always put the meme out there. We back up, we back up, get the word out there. We back up. That is, I think the theme for 2024. We back up, we're trending right. And yes, that is going to mean winning more games. That is going to mean having the ability to upset a team. That means not losing to teams you have no business losing to. And then if you get all that stuff going, you get young guys and you keep the development and all right. 2025, we're feeling really good about some things. Then you have, well, I guess you can't say if you have Alabama and Georgia at home because we don't know what the SEC schedule looked like that year. But in theory, if you were to play both of those teams again, they should be at home if they don't nuke the whole thing. Yep. And that could be a year you feel like, all right, we can actually start really cooking a fire. Because if you get all these young receivers in there, and I kind of, this reminds me a lot of 2007. And hear me out on this one. You, you remember Auburn in the beginning of the year. I think South Florida might have been the antithesis of that game where Auburn's line was just getting obliterated and Brandon Cox was also getting obliterated. Yeah, and that, so, that was the year we benched all the senior offensive linemen yeah. and just took our, our high-value yep. four-star offensive freshman offensive line. Like, all right, y'all just go cut your teeth and learn <laughs> how to play this game. Yeah, yeah, I remember yep. that. Tuberville, Tuberville hit the he hit the kill, he hit the kill button on it, benched yeah. everybody, and yeah, put in a hole in the middle. It was like, whoa. And you know, poor Tubbs did not really get to um, yield the yield the uh, the fruits of his labor there. But Gene Chizik and Cam Newton definitely did in 2010. Yep, they did. You're right. I think you may potentially have the setup to have a similar situation with these wide receivers. Yeah. In a few years I, now, what, what I'm saying think, is you're not going to see them next know, year. See, I don't even. I don't know if we're gonna. It's going to be a situation where they start older guys, I, unless they bring in some some high value transfers. Thompson and Coleman, I think they're good enough to start day one. Now, Thompson no, I didn't mean I, I didn't good. mean they were going to they were going to bench guys. I just meant the fact that you're going to see a lot of freshmen starting a yeah. position, like a disproportionate amount of freshmen starting out of desperation more so. But what I was saying is, down the road, those guys are going to have such good experience that when they're juniors and if some of them make it to their senior year if they don't go pro then that's going to be a dirty wide receiver room for Auburn See, for years to come the uh the team that actually I think about a lot in regards to building this program because one of the biggest reasons I've, I've wanted Hugh Freeze as our head coach since 2019 is yeah, I always kind of considered him Auburn's version of Bruce Pearl and I, I I kind of look at the similarities of rebuilding our basketball program Pearl had to do and what Freeze is having to do, rebuild the football program. Now, it's easier for Freeze because Auburn football has way more resources than Auburn basketball did at that point in time. 
But I think what you're kind of looking at is this year was kind of our first two years under Pearl, where you had glimpses of a bright future, but you were still taking a lot of L's because we were figuring stuff out and, that, and we didn't have the talent. I think next year's kind of going to be your year that when we had Jared Harper and Mustafa Heron as true freshman playing a lot, uh, where you that was the year you saw a big jump in what Auburn basketball could be, but we still were lo- we still were losing games uh, that that we probably should have won, or and but we won we won a lot of games that we shouldn't have won. I kind of think that's what you're going to see there, is I think we're going to be playing a lot of true freshmen, especially at wide receiver. And anytime you play a lot of true freshmen, you're going to have freshman mistakes, but you're all also going to get to see those those brilliant glimpses of talent that they possess. And I think they're going to they're going to make some plays that wow you, but you're going to have to take your lumps too. It's a lot like what we were just talking about with that 2007 offensive line. Right. You can see and then, Zimba and Pugh how good they were, but you're going to have to take some lumps of the mental mistakes too. Yep. And and that's definitely going to get there. And yeah, and I think uh, the comparison, the comparable point, I remember watching it was that 2015 SEC basketball tournament where a really like bad, and this is early Bruce years, but we'll call it what it was. It was a bad Auburn team. I think they were, they were uh, 15 and 20 for the season, four and 14 in conference. Then all of a sudden they, they're a 13 seed in the SEC tournament and they make a run to the semifinals. Right. to Kentucky. And it was like, whoa where did that come from and that kind of got you like hey you know what like maybe bruce got a little bit of maybe bruce got some of that sauce after all and then we obviously know that uh how that team started trending after that and that was kind of like the first glimpse of that and you know maybe in hindsight we look back to this time what happened with the iron bolt what is hopefully going to happen through the rest of this month and be like hey and i've said this numerous times i'm going to say it again it, you, <clears throat> I, I think it's foolish to say was this year a success? Was it a failure? Was it a was it rebuilding? Was it in right in the step direction right now? That is stuff that you can really only say in hindsight. If Auburn does everything that they need to do, and it looks like they're trending that way, don't get me wrong. But when the pieces actually start coming together, then you say yes, this absolutely was. And like I said, it's trending in the right direction. But I would just kind of you know I would just kind of you know, give people a fair warning. Don't get too carried away and putting the horse or sorry, putting the, the cart in front of the horse on that. Feel good about it. Boog in the right way, but don't get too carried away till it all ends up happening. But let's just say this right now. Getting Cam Coleman does not hurt it from happening. Yep. So last thing I just want to kind of get with this. So we, we already said um, just kind of the order of operations for this whole deal. Going to be seeing guys from Monday. We're going to start seeing a lot of things happen. So you could probably see some guys from Auburn hit the portal. And I'm going to be honest, everybody out there, there's probably going to be some guys that sting a little bit. And my, really and my solemn promise to you is when we reconvene next week, anybody that has hit the portal, I will give my honest take on whether that is somebody we kind of, I think that we kind of told to go look somewhere else versus somebody we wanted to keep that we did, that we wanted to keep on the roster for next year. We can kind of evaluate that next week. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there there. But the key thing will be getting the right guys back in, of course, dealing with whatever you need to with the coaches and just holding a rock, found a solid foundation. Honestly, I think it's kind of better for Auburn that Arkansas didn't fire Sam Pittman. I think that's yeah. kind of a blessing in disguise because I just the way that's trending, I just don't see that working out, uh, the, even with the Petrino deal. I personally think this is a coup d'etat to – 
establish Petrino in there. And then if they fire Pittman next year, put Petrino's interim head coach. If it works, then he's back in the driver's seat. Is that a big talking point on Twitter right now? Because I, I had the same thought when I first saw no. the article. Is that this is this is some underhanded Arkansas attempt to get Petrino back in the driver's seat. No, I've not heard anybody say that. That was that was all original yeah. thought for me. That was something I was like, you know what? I kind of wonder if this is a uh, this is some like, you know, it's Arkansas not underhanded. Of- I mean, they could do what they want to, but yeah, I had that same thought. Was this is this is their long play to get Petrino back home? home. Yeah, because because you couldn't just hire Petrino out of the gate because like, you know, they're they're still after what he did there prior. There's some, you know, there's still some probably baggage and bad blood there. But if you kind of yeah. like ease the waters like oh he's under Pittman a little bit you know Pittman's a good guy then yeah it's a win-win for them they either get Petrino back in the driver's seat or he's a good OC and then they're winning again so I mean it makes uh it makes sense from that perspective but last thing I do want to talk about I want to wrap this up really quick and this will be the big elephant in the room is going to be the quarterback situation there's a lot of chatter and I kind of teased on it earlier about what Peyton's going to do hey I've got a new uh, take as of 30 minutes ago I've got a new take on this too so. all right let's go for it you go, I, was, you, I, was, so, I was talking quarterback. I mean, we, we already know where this is going, and that's going to be kind of the big elephant in the room for what decision can be made here moving forward. I think this impacts Auburn more on the short term, short of you bring in a quarterback that could be a multi-year starter. But, I mean, short term and long term are so intertwined right now. So, yeah, give me your, give me your uh, recent take. So before the show, you and I were talking about, hey, I, I think there's a good chance that you see Peyton come back as the starter next year. And the transfer yep. they bring is a younger guy with a bunch of years left to play that they can kind of just give him some competition, but also groom to be Peyton's replacement when Peyton graduates. I was not anticipating Cam Coleman to pop today. And I think everybody in the industry, for the most part, thought this was going to happen much closer to signing day. I think what's going on is they are trying to entice one of these big quarterback transfers, go ahead and pull the trigger with, with Cam Coleman already committing today. That that's kind of the feel I've got because I maybe I'm dead wrong in this and I'm just I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but I I don't think there was anybody in the industry was expecting this to happen today and I think that's kind of the coaching staff saying hey to whoever whatever quarterback transfer we're talking with, you've got at least Coleman and Perry Thompson you're throwing to next year. That's kind well, of that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Recruits recruits recruit other recruits and I mean who knows maybe they're. Maybe that even goes. I'll, I'll even uh, play some 3D chess with you here and jump in the Auburn multiverse a little bit. Maybe that even kind of goes back to your own roster. If you're looking yeah. at receivers on your own team and you're saying, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna convince you to stay with adding." And it almost sounds kind of counterintuitive, but we're gonna we're gonna add Coleman to convince you to stay because it's going to bolster our receiver room, which should bolster our chances of getting a better quarterback, which will bolster your chances of getting more numbers. I'm, I'm talking more of like a guy like VAR in that case that maybe that wouldn't necessarily be competing positionally on the field with somebody like him. But yeah, I yeah, think, this, I think, I think this was, I think this was done and I don't know which quarter I have a feeling which quarterback, I don't want to say it. <laughs> and I'll, they're, and they're, if, if it's not the guy, I think I'll admit it whenever that guy ends up going where he ends up going. But I think they're, they are attempting to signal to a guy, this is who you're going to be throwing. To if you tell me there, there's a positive, there's a lot of positive dominoes that this could play. Yeah. That they can, they can hedge this in a lot of different directions. And I think a lot of them, almost all of them are a good way. Rather, it's some stuff that I said, some stuff that you said, 
whatever it may be. And obviously right now it's all speculatory. And when it actually happens, we can address, hey, was this it or was it that? But it's all good. Uh, Quarterback-wise, if, if Peyton stays, I think that you have more talent around him. You have more established offense. You have a spring. His yeah. floor, he's not going to get worse. Hey, I'm not, he does, out, I'm not counting out Thorne getting better next year and being a, being a good starting SEC quarterback. I think that that potential is on the table for all of them. Yeah, I think you. I still think it makes sense to grab. I mean, it always makes sense to grab somebody that can come in there. You don't need a ton of quarterbacks. I mean, I think you're really looking at four: you Walker White, Hank Brown, Peyton, and then a fourth. I, like I said, I think it's kind of going around there. I think a lot of people are feeling that, uh, and obviously nothing's been stated officially, but I think a lot of people kind of have the feeling that a uh, Robbie and Holden will no longer be here. It would probably make more sense for Holden to leave. At first, just because he can, and then Robbie would probably have to wait till the spring to graduate. Hey, Who Robbie knows? Robbie can't so, leave until the spring, right? I, I believe so, because he would have to sit yeah. out a year. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of like a TJ type situation. It, obviously, we don't know what will happen with any of them. And who knows? Maybe the staff feels really good about somebody in that room, just says, We're going to roll with Peyton. We're feeling great. And we want one backup. Maybe it's one we have reported. Who knows? It's so early. A lot of things could happen over this month. And like I said, like we have said this entire episode, all of those should be very, very good for Auburn. Getting started and grabbing the bulls by the horns on this thing early is uh, is big time. Getting as many guys in there that can play and practice in the spring is going to be big. Now, I don't know the receivers, if they can come in this spring or they're going to have to wait uh, for summertime. I don't know that. We can talk about that a little bit later. Oh, Coleman's Coleman's gonna be here in the spring. Thompson's gonna be here in the fall. I don't. I can't remember about Kane and Simmons. Okay. So yeah, I mean that that could be a factor for some of these high school kids. And then, of course, getting guys, getting big names from the portal early because they will help recruit other guys and help you help manage that roster and just be ahead of all that. And then the other 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 thing with that too is it what makes it just a little bit more weird and why this year's crazier than others is you got the COVID year. So you have a lot more scholarship players that are eligible because you essentially have an entire class that otherwise would have aged out already. So that just kind of makes the, uh, that makes your harvest a lot more plentiful, which can be good and can be bad topics for other times, but this is a time to capitalize and thank goodness. Auburn is not in a coaching search right now. That's all I got to say. Agreed. They skinned, they skin that by the skin of their teeth because with all the changes in college football, this is not the time that you want to uh, be rebuilding or you're going to get weight, you'll get left behind. So hopefully uh, they can get their rebuild and just skyrocket it up with all the money influx that's about to be coming to college football with all the rule changes and everything else. But that's going to include it for today's episode. Uh, we had a little bit of extra content on there because of the Cam Coleman news. So I want to thank everybody for uh, hanging tight with us a little bit longer than we normally go. Huge day. I'm hoping this is going to springboard for a huge month. There may be more news and development that we haven't even gotten to because we've been recording this how we have been. But uh, I, all I got to say is buckle up. I want to thank Pat, as always, for joining the show. This is probably one of the happiest episodes, most hyped episodes we've had. And uh, hopefully there will be more to come as as we cross our fingers, everything continues to trend in the right direction. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Guys, thank you all for tuning in. Love you guys for supporting the show. We've been noticing our YouTube subs have been going up. So if you don't already, please subscribe on YouTube. 
like and follow YouTube podcast, wherever you're getting the show. You know what? Tell somebody about it. We'd love to uh, love that support and love for us to you know get some new listeners out there. Thank everybody for listening again. We will be at you again first thing next week with some good content.